Okay, uh, this episode of A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast is brought to you by rpwondemand.com. Sponsorship. Yes. Good of you to sponsor yourself. No problem. Sign up today for a seven-day free trial. It's only valid for about a week, so you want to get involved. Hours and hours of wrestling content, not just from Revolution Pro Wrestling, but from wrestling promotions such as OTT, Bar Wrestling, AWW, and lots, lots more. Check out rpwondemand.com for your seven-day seven free trial, including this past weekend's Dream Match, Pack versus Will Ospreay, uh, and our Live in Southampton show. Seven-day free trial at rpwondemand.com. Well done. Thanks. Very, very professionally done. All improvised as well. Cue music. This is Ice Squared Wrestling Podcast. So hi, hi everyone. Welcome to the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast. We're back after a bit of a hiatus. We are back. Now, so we, we, we need to... Uh, we've got some explaining to do. Yeah, but we need to kind of make a commitment. Post-Christmas, it's been very flaky. Well, I, no, I blame you. Um, so, it, it, it doesn't I, matter who I blame, we blame you. So, again, um, let's explain. So, two weeks ago, we didn't do a podcast because of you. Because of my wife. Because of your wife not being supportive of your yeah, so extra uh, we recorded one last adventures. week. No, but no, 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 let's no, no, explain. No, no. Let's explain. No, 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 but it's important to mention this now. Is because we recorded one last week. We didn't put it out. We'll explain in a minute why. But I forget what we've already spoken about. So, but no, we didn't do one two weeks ago because my wife called me up and said, "Could I pick Finley up from school?" Because uh, she'd been caught up where she'd gone out in the morning. Why so, did she go out in the morning? And, uh, she, why didn't right. she get back you, on time? She should be. At home, 24-7. No, but why didn't she get back on time? I can't remember. Because she didn't want you to be here recording the podcast. No, probably She not. was angry at you for being in Japan. That's right, yeah. I, I must be punished, and I was punished. So, that was, so your, that was your return. Yeah. Um, that was my... Yeah, I'd been back, yeah, a couple of days. Yeah. And then... But so... And then last week... Uh, and... Uh, Oh, and then we were going to f- record one. We were going to record it a day late. Yeah, and you were jet lagged, weren't you? Your jet lagged right. caught up with you. You were too tired. I was, I was sleepy. Too tired. So we missed out. Like that's two, we missed out an episode two weeks ago. Then last week we recorded an episode, but it's unreleased. It's probably deleted. The, probably recording into, over it right now, are we? It's gone into the pile of the unreleased A squared circle wrestling podcasts. Um, that was my call. Yeah, I was. Uh, I just thought you were just too busy to upload it. So. No, I didn't like it. I uh, I didn't upload it because there was a number of reasons. One, we forgot our wrestling challenge, which I think is an integral part of the show. Yeah. Mainly just so I could then sing it. Only reason why people. Main, tune in. The main reason, yeah. Um, we do get a drop off in listeners after the 30, <laughs> 30 week wrestling challenge segment is done, which is why we try to length out this opening bit um, just to help the sponsors. You know, rpwondemand.com. And uh, anything else you'd plug as well? Uh, well, shoprevpro.com, we can plug that. Okay. So shoprevpro.com at the moment, um, we've got a hella sale going on. We've got a clearance sale. We need to clear some space for some new stock. So we've got the Marty Skull action figure, the first ever action figure produced by an independent professional wrestling company in the world, I believe. Yeah. Mm. Well, go on. First independently produced action figure of Marty Skull. No, professional wrestling. When did they come out? 
they came out in uh, I don't know they came out before the Ring of Honor figures if that's what you're getting at okay fight me right <laughs> <laughs> they, they might I don't know I don't know they did okay um, well done and uh, and anyway is Ring of Honor an independent wrestling promotion anyway owned by Sinclair Broadcasting Station everyone's under contracts yeah and Revolution Pro Wrestling is owned by Dynamic Wrestling so there you go you are unbelievable. It's completely different. Go on. Carry and, on. Uh, yep, so we got the Mighty Score figure on sale. Um, and that's just available for £5.99, pence, which is a steal, an absolute steal. £5.99 for a Mighty Score action figure. Fully poseable. Um, he's doing the Rick, the Rick Rude he's doing pose. doing the Rick Rude on our desk, yeah. <coughs> um, yeah, Marty does a pose like that sometimes, many, doesn't he? Many, many points of uh, what you, articulation. articulation yeah. um, got a glowing review on the, the Zack Ryder and uh, Kurt Hawkins podcast you didn't well no i didn't no <laughs> um but the basically kurt hawkins said he reached out to the guy who produced it and, and he got kayfabe he got kayfabe i'm not giving away all my contacts am i no if he was like hey can you produce this figure for me and i will pay you money then let's let's talk so there you go the offer's there for you <laughs> if you want to <laughs> i don't think he needs to worry happen. now he's got a mattel elite on the shelves at smith's yeah so um so go on DVDs on sale figures five ninety nine DVDs all our pre two thousand seventeen all our two up to two thousand seventeen up to uprising I believe okay all DVDs three pounds forty nine pence yep so that's an absolute bargain as well and there's so many great matches on there it's unbelievable so like three pound forty nine own a DVD complete your collection Um, anyway nobody wants to hear us talk about plugs too much. I was trying to get out. You're going to plug the wrestling school that we run, but there oh. you go. Just selfish as normal. Sorry, I thought you you literally put, you literally put the the Marty Skull action figure in front of me and said just to remind you to give that a plug. And then you asked me about plugging stuff, so I assumed that's what you were getting at. No, I was talking about the wrestling school and the oh. referee seminar we have. Well, refer- up this well this is much point plugging it. There's only a couple of spaces left. It's pretty much sold out, isn't it? Yeah, but those two extra so. spaces, boom, snapped up. So yeah, by the end of by the end of the live recording, as I as as I tweeted. Uh, I'm going to be dropping some knowledge bombs on the Portsmouth School of Wrestling this uh, I might come down for this, this one, Friday. actually. Oh, I'd rather you didn't intimidate people. No, that's what I'm told. You definitely won't come anyway, so... <laughs> I can, in fact, I can guarantee you won't come. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to hold you to that. Next week... Well, guarantee I won't come. All right, I won't come. No, I'm not... No, I, like, I'm... I'm I'm almost daring you to come, because I'm almost certain that you're not going okay, to come. Okay, so this is my schedule for Friday. Uh, my mum and dad, uh, despite being in their sixties, they kind of, they like to go to some concerts and but like young people concerts. What and like um, I can't like Drake. No, not like that. Sort of like um, indie music. Like, uh, will they be going to the Spice Girls reunion tour? No, um, I can't think of their bloody name. But my dad, he he likes all these really obscure. He like he likes vinyls. So, like, he goes down Pine Vinyl in South Sea. And oh, really? Yeah, he loves it in there. Yeah. With all the indie kids. Yeah. yeah. So, a few years ago, <coughs> as a birthday present, my mum and dad brought me the wrestling album on vinyl. Oh, that's nice. Which was a great nice have piece you got of music. to play it on just No, now? I haven't got anything to play okay. on at all. But I have the CD, so. There's a thing, like, it sounds, uh, there's a, there's something which is quite warming about a vinyl's, um, the sound of a vinyl, right? Yeah. It's nice. Well, I, yeah, so it's, so I prefer listening to music on the radio than on my iPod when I'm driving. That's interesting. Yeah. Why? I don't know. Don't it's, a diff- it's a different sound do to Do you it. listen to the, uh, DAB radio or do you listen to 
just AMFM. Oh, I'm sure, I don't know. It's bog standard AMFM. Well, I just listen to podcasts now, but well, like because DAB is digital radio, so it sounds pretty it, much it's the same. The same yeah. But uh, I just, I just I have a poor sound system. But you know, like around Christmas time, um, I always so I always joke now that I forget it's Christmas time because you I don't listen, listen to, to the Christmas music on the radio. Yeah. I listen to podcasts. But when you listen to the fairy tale of New York, for example, on the radio, sounds better than plugging it into your iPod. Has a more of a feel to it. It's things that you you can sit there and pull face at me, but it's something that you probably just never thought about, and neither would I till I must have just done it one day, had it on the iPod, and then had it on the radio. I thought it sounds better on the radio. The traditionalist, yeah, Andrew Simmons, yeah, lovely, yeah. So anyway, so my schedule is: I said to my dad, I'd do a shift in the shop. If anyone wants to come down to meet and greet Jade News, Forty Four Station Road in Liss, I'll be there. In the afternoon. How much is how much is a meet and greet? Do you have to spend like a tenner in the shop or something? No, I'll do I'll do meet and greets for free. Actually, as long as you purchase an item. Yeah, you got to buy some Maltesers or something, or Sun, or a copy of Fighting Spirit magazine, maybe. Is there much money in uh, newspapers? <laughs> the delivery. Oh, okay. Yeah. How much? Would it co- how much would it cost? Hypothetically speaking, how much <laughs> would it cost? Seven days a week. Yeah, seven days a week. Maybe two quid. Two quid. Two fifty. Uh, do many people still get papers delivered? In this they do. Obviously, because yeah. this is like... Yeah. What's that village? Um, where's that TV programme about oh, that little village? Uh, for local, local shop for local yeah. people. Yeah. Oh, it's like a what comedy, is isn't it? I can't remember. Yeah. Uh, Extraordinary Gentlemen or something? Yeah. League of Gentlemen? League of Gentlemen. Because yeah. when you said Extraordinary Gentlemen, I was thinking about the film, The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So League of Gentlemen. Great film, yeah. that League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. But yeah, League of Gentlemen is what you're thinking of. So this is probably like that a bit. Yeah. 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 But 6,000 people in this. Whoa, you can nearly feel Wembley Arena with everyone in this. That'd be cool, wouldn't it? Yeah. Build an arena in this is what I say. <laughs> Get it up. Yeah. Um, and that's just what your wife says. Um, yeah. So I'll be there Friday. So my point is I'm doing a shift in the afternoon. I'm then going... And then I'll be driving through up the A3 to to go home and I'll pop in to see how this, how everyone is and I bet you don't. get a nice picture. Well, maybe I will, maybe I won't. I don't Almost know. Almost certain you won't. Okay. Anyway. Uh, yeah, referee training seminar. Um, we've got loads of stuff going on at the Portsmouth School of Wrestling. It's quite an exciting yeah. place. I'll to tell you what we'll do. We'll drop this now before we forget. We are doing the first ever pro wrestling manager course well course I say course the first ever with. the first <laughs> ever as if it's never been done before <laughs> no but when it, at our school at I, our I, school yeah I reckon I'd be surprised if many people have done it mm. it's something that you constantly hear about like I don't want to be a wrestler but I'd love to be a manager I'd love to be a manager and uh, yeah so on the March the 29th we've got the Twisted Genius Dean Ayers coming down to the Portsmouth School of Wrestling he's done previous courses at our place just with the but lads. it's been mainly about yeah with our with our actual with our trainee wrestlers with the wrestlers and yeah, working yeah. on character promo etc. Yeah. So we know firsthand he's a good teacher, but his uh, you know his main profession is a manager, and uh, yeah, and he's a good talker, uh, isn't he? Like yeah. quite unusually confident, and uh, and especially because so I started when I first saw Dean was that it may have been maybe either his first or second FWA show he'd done was at uh, Harrow High School yeah. Um, when uh, he be became the, the manager one. of um, manager of the old school, yeah, um, and he spat on me. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Good. Yeah. And that was very abnormal, even like especially for British wrestling. What to have a manager? To have a manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like obviously, yeah. it was abnormal for British wrestling because like it was an extra person to pay. Yeah, right, right. But he was very good at his job. He's and brilliant. Yeah. yeah, yeah, really good. Like yeah. he looked the part. He didn't 
you know, he was clearly, bless his heart, wasn't built to be a wrestler. Maybe he probably never wanted to be a wrestler, but he was just like the epitome of like, you're not going to be a wrestler, but you'd make a hell of a manager. Yeah, and so, he was good. And he's really good, yeah. Um, so, Guy did Paul Birchall to the WWE. Yep, managed uh, Terry, Terry Funk. Funk. <laughs> yeah. He so managed. we've had a nice picture of that on Facebook this Who week, else has he managed? His, also uh, Drew McDonald. Well, like everyone in the old school. Everyone in the old school. Yeah. Um, uh, Danny Garnell. Yeah. He managed him to premier promotions. Uh, Glory. Glory. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you're interested in that. LT Summers. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, if you're interested in that, email info at revolutionprowrestling.com and Andy will eventually get back to you. Straight away, actually. Yeah. We'll find yeah. the Facebook page, Portsmouth School of Wrestling. Um, all right, anyway, on to this week. So, are we going to start with the challenge? We're going to start with Andy and Andy's 30-week wrestling... Well, probably 32, 3, 4, 5-week oh, wrestling probably, yeah. challenge! It's getting better, I swear. <laughs> More dramatic. Okay. So, this week, what we up to? week number 15... Yeah. Um, Christ, we're halfway through it. Because <laughs> the the days are never going to be the same again once we're uh, once this is over and done. Yeah. By. Um, so this week is uh, favorite face. Okay. And they, what do you mean like favorite good guy? No, pretty face. Well, who's the most who's attractive? The who's the prettiest? Yeah. Okay. Tyler Breeze. He's pretty, isn't he? Is that the gimmick? Baby face. Okay. Favorite baby face. Hulk Hogan, obviously. Hmm. Yeah. Well, that's good for you. Like, I can't. Yeah. Like I've said before, like a lot of people will think I'm going to say British Bulldog because he was my favourite wrestler, but he wasn't. Like, that's, your cho- that's your but choice. That's your choice. Hulk Hogan was the ultimate. Yeah. Face. I'm, I'm going. I, I, I beg to disagree with you. I don't. He wasn't my favourite face. Okay. I just want to create discussion. That's fine. So uh, I welcome it. So, okay. So like, so the only argument. So what I have. So Hulk Hogan, I believe, was a fantastic baby face. Oh. However, he wasn't my favourite face of all time, and the reason being was because. Um, when he wrestled Ultimate Warrior. Obviously, I'm fully aware that I watched Hulk Hogan versus Ultimate Warrior well after it happened, but I didn't know the result of it, and I didn't know any, you know. Yeah, yeah. Was, so like, I watched it on a, a Coliseum home video. Mm-hmm. Um, purple cover? Uh, purple cover, yep. But it, in fact, when I watched it, it wasn't a purple cover. It was actually a yellow cover because it was R&C videos. I hired it. Rented it. Oh, I see what you're saying. I went okay. to a video, I went to a video give you rental the, shop. You so take you the, the box th- behind the box to yeah. the counter, don't you? Yeah. I think yeah. that's what it was, yeah. And, uh, yeah, so I watched it rented. Um, and, which is weird, really, isn't it, that you don't take the actual box? Because I like reading the box and yeah, whatever. Holding it, touching it. Maybe but, uh, <coughs> maybe they didn't do that because they people would be less inclined to not return it. Because if you just have the box, you'd have the box. You'd Who have knows? the, I don't know. Who knows? Nick but, um, but rental boxes were always that little bit bigger than retail boxes. Were they? I never even noticed. Do you remember that? Yeah, no. yeah, they were, yeah. It's not like I had a Blockbuster or anything. I was R&C video, like yeah. the local. Well, same as me. Like, we had Ritz, yeah. but we also had video. There was a Blockbuster, but it was too expensive. Okay. And it was quite a ways away. Yeah. When I went to Belfair's high school, mm-hmm. um, a few years later, um, we went to Blockbuster a bit more, because it was by Thames Drive, the bus stop. Okay. It used to, you, you know, stopped there on your way home, did you? You could stop there on the way home, yeah. Okay. Um, that's where I uh, hired WCW Revenge or something on the N64. Yeah, um, best wrestling game of all time. From uh, Tom Uppard, he had an N64. I never had one. Like uh, I got one eventually. Of course, non- No Mercy. Yeah. Whatever have you. But WCW Revenge was still better. 
Um, but Tom Uppard, we... Uh, that was his we name, went, Tom Uppard? Yep, we went to his house and played it. Okay. And that was the first place. That's the first time I'd ever gone on the internet as well. <laughs> really? Right? And yeah. we went on WCW.com. Yeah? Oh, yeah. Wicked. Yeah. Cool. I didn't even know what the internet was. No. That, honestly. That yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I get it. Yeah. That's insane. We got the internet at my house in February 99. And I come with my brother. So we were like year 11. And my brother was a couple, few years older than me, three or four years older than me. And my brother was like, we're going to go surfing. And I was like, what? And he's like, surfing the internet. And I was like, we're getting the internet. And I, we got like 500 free hours with AOL or something. And I was on like Rajar, which I still do today. Rajar.com. <laughs> just, your, just your daily. Yeah. yeah. Just scanning all the wrestling news sites trying to find, you know, the big rumours at the time that the Hardy Boys were going to join DX. And, and your mum was like, Andrew, stop surfing. I need to use a phone. <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. My grandpa, <coughs> my grandpa line. would go mad. My grandpa would go mad because he couldn't get through to us. I was too yeah, busy reading up phone. WWF Could news use a phone line when you're on the internet, can yeah. you? Could you until the advent of broadband? No. And uh, we, when I got eventually got the internet years later, mm-hmm. um, it used to be free after 6 p.m. So, like, you say to all your mates, like, oh, we meet up on MSN at 6 p.m. Yeah. So, like, because uh, uh, off-peak was free. Mm-hmm. And, um, yeah, and then that's when I'd get shouted at. Oh, okay. Get off the internet. Yeah. So, um, but now you could just, well, where you just, now you just use mobiles, but. You could have probably in what two thousand five you'd have text. Your, do you know what I mean? Like you'd text someone and say, "Oh, I'm trying to call you on the landline." Yeah, mobiles were still expensive. Yeah, mobiles were expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <coughs> but so then there you I, go. But yeah. Anyway, I digress. So Hulk Hogan. Yeah, when he wrestled Ultimate Warrior, Ultimate Warrior was. I was back in Ultimate Warrior by far. Okay. I had an Ultimate Warrior. I've probably told this story on the podcast before, but I had an Ultimate Warrior action figure, mm-hmm. and my sister had my Hulk Hogan action figure. Like he, I'm not going to pretend it was my sister's action figure, yeah, okay. mine, like, <laughs> but I let her borrow it for. Yeah. So you know, I was, I was fully supporting. Was she watching Ultimate it with Warrior. you? Was she? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Did she care? Yeah. Or was like, she just joining? In no, she was. Us? I don't know. You will have to ask her that. But like, uh, <laughs> all right, we'll get her on. But like, I think, I think she cared. Yeah. Um, but like, only as much as not that she was into it, but like, only as much as you choose someone you want to win and you back yeah. them. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so. Uh, I wanted Ultimate Warrior to win over him. And also, when he was in WCW also, so I was, I feel like when he first came in, I was kind of like, but Like, so I think what soured me on Hulk Hogan was when he nicked Bret Hart's place in WrestleMania 9. Okay. You know, when he came in at I the end. And like, Bret was like going, go for it, go for it. But I could tell he didn't really mean it. You know, it's like, if you fancy a girl, well, if you fancy a girl and she likes your mate and you're like, oh no, go on, mate, go for it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I wonder, I can't remember whether this was like, a joke on commentary or maybe something my brother may have said but you know where <coughs> excuse me because Brett was blinded and he's yeah. pointing did he know he's even pointing to the ring because he didn't no, know he was, where yeah, he, he was saying see. get out of here yeah yeah or was he going no take a shower go to the changing room take a shower <laughs> no. this is not your fight Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah I can't remember if that was my brother or that was Bobby um, Heenan I'll have to go back but, and watch uh, it but yeah that's, uh, that's a good point that's soured me even more yeah. then obviously from there like uh, you didn't really see him until King of Ring 93 where he lost the belt yep. I never even saw that show well do you know what's interesting I've, I think it was maybe an old observer or something where it said that Tiger Hattori was originally going to be the evil yes. Japanese photographer but yeah, then they yeah, wound yeah, up yeah. going with Harvey Whippleman right? mm-hmm. yep. um, so I thought that was quite interesting uh-huh. um, and um, so I never watched that show I just saw, read about it in the magazine I don't even know why I didn't watch King of Ring 93 it was on the telly because um, I saw it yeah but obviously I didn't have Sky Yeah, and like so it might have just been one that you know, Ronda or or Bill and Sandra didn't 
didn't tape for me, you know, because sometimes I would like take him a tape down. I'd be like, oh, we forgot. Sorry. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Oh. So maybe it was one of those ones. But I hadn't watched it, but I read about it in uh, probably WWF magazine. Three months later. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, and I was like, oh, you know, I knew Hulk would lose. And then like, uh, and then he obviously resurfaced in WCW and I was still bitter at him about that. And then I didn't like, uh, uh, I didn't like, so, so this was probably towards the tail end of WCW being on ITV, right? When Hogan came in. No, uh, I think it had gone by then. No, it was definitely on the telly. Hulk Hogan was definitely on the telly. I remember. What, WCW 94? Yeah. The Hulk Hogan, the parade of the parade of Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. Maybe de- I remember seeing like, that. Was yeah. definitely on the telly at MGM. Okay. And, uh, and as was when Savage came in. As was when Renegade came in, because Renegade was like the fake Ultimate Warrior who was... In 95, that was. It was still on the telly then. Okay, all right, well, because obviously it was on... Yeah, it used to be on like 3 o'clock, 2 o'clock on a Saturday afternoon on Pat Charlton. I yeah. can't remember the specifics, but I can remember... Oh, sorry, yeah, on, yeah, yeah, sorry. So right, that was like standards. the London district. That was on ITV. Yeah. Um, oh! So maybe you were seeing yeah. it. Because there was also know. some obscure one I never knew about, like 1am or something. Yeah, they, they used to play the full show then. Okay. And there used to be kind of highlights... Right. On the Anyone could confirm this for us. I'd like yeah. to. We'd like. But like, to he was still on the TV then, definitely, because yeah. I, I remember Hulk Hogan. So when he came, and it, I don't think it was for much longer. I think okay. that was like, like I say, that I think that was a the tail end of it, mm-hmm. basically. Because um, none of the obviously none of the NWO and none of the Nitro and all of yeah. that stuff. Oh, well, Nitro that, started late that year. Yeah. Yeah. None of that was on there, obviously. Okay. Um, so um, yeah. So I'm going to guess '94. It probably was a, you know, the the end of it. Yeah. Um, but anyway, when he was in WCW, I I didn't back him at all. Okay. So I didn't really get I didn't see a um, deal of it. And then um, and then like a, when you obviously the, then the later the fans started to turn on him, and uh, that's when he became the NWO. And then what's really interesting as well is um, I watched back all the old nitros on the the network, and what's really really interesting at the start of so like people obviously look at Hulk Hogan being turning heel and like oh my god I can't believe that happened like that came out of nowhere whatever. So there was two things about that. So number one, Hulk Hogan was getting booed massively. I, like, you can't even. But consistently, or just consistently a, every yeah. week he come out. Uh, on you watch Nitro, like, he was getting booed. Yeah, okay, very heavily. All right, right. And also, he had a period where he was kind of a heel anyway. Yeah, like where he was wearing all black, but because because um, the dungeon because he was fighting the Dungeon of Doom and Dungeon of Doom had. Uh, I don't know. Did they shave his tash off? Maybe I don't know. They'd done yeah. something to make him turn to the dark side and that's where he had to be to beat them okay like it's really weird really really weird yeah but anyway so it, it really if you were watching closely it really wasn't in hindsight yeah yeah. it yeah. wasn't that much of a surprise okay but he, he was always fighting on the side of good but do you know what i mean there was a bit of an edge to him yeah i guess like the the contrast and again i'm not a, uh, an aficionado on the subject but like the contrast of wcw 96 to 95 is massive because you've got the Dungeon of Doom and you've got the Shark and the Taskmaster and yeah. oh we're in the dungeon oh, Hulk Hogan and Hulk and Hogan. the Yeti yeah exactly <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and then within nine giant months, haystacks Loch Ness yeah but that was in within four or five months all yeah. of a sudden it was real it, it was real yeah it was like yeah. gang warfare but you still had some stupid gimmick like obviously Glacier was a yeah. well, crossover wasn't he because he yeah. was uh, yeah. he was like being hyped up for months as uh, as you know this special thing sure. and then like all of a sudden he comes but it's like at the same time as NWO when everything's real and yet you've got this man making it snow and like, yeah 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 there's, a, yeah there's someone was talking on a podcast and I want to say oh, I don't want to say it was someone in particular but I want to say it was Canyon and Canyon was watching the 
NWO debut with maybe Glacier. I can't remember the anecdote or the story precisely, but it was like they sat there watching the NWO debut and it was like, we're in trouble. Because they yeah. knew what their gimmick was. Mortal Kombat. Yeah, mm. which was obviously wrestling 101. But yeah. then this brand new wrestling was coming along where it was real. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, who's your favourite face? Um, I'm going to have to say Bret Hart. Oh, I knew you were going to say that. Yeah. Whatever, it doesn't matter. To yeah. have a... I didn't say it was bad. It's a great choice. I just said I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> uh, Bret Hart. Yeah. Because I liked him even... Like I just, I just can't get over the fact that he was able to be a bad guy everywhere, yep. but still retain a good guy in England, Canada, Europe, foreign markets. Yes, but he was managed to be a bad guy in the states. We want Hitman. We want Hitman. Mm. The little kids in India, yeah. rest in the shadows. Absolutely. Yeah, I don't know whether that was when he was a babyface. I, I think that was when he was, was a babyface. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was when he was a babyface. Yeah. I'm sure. Um, but because uh, it was used to just show him as a global star, right? Yeah. Um, but the, but yeah, the fact that he was able to retain, almost, should we say his character was able to retain some integrity, even though he was a everything heel he in said America. was like true, I guess. Yeah. But it's kind of like that whole like we don't want to hear it. Yeah. Know, somebody's like, oh, Americans shoot each other on every street corner, and obviously yeah. he's very being very general, generalistic. You know what I mean. Speaking yeah. very generally, um, and exaggerating, but it, it hit a nerve. Yeah, and that's why people right. didn't like him because he was speaking the truth. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, guilty conscience came in, came <laughs> into play there, didn't it? Yeah. yeah. So I, I, yeah, Bret Hart for me just okay. always remained true to himself yeah. and to me. So okay, everyone needs a hero, and Bret Hart was mine. Yeah. So um, you say about England though, but I was watching this week one night only again. Yeah. You know, which we've discussed before. I think I might have said it was my favourite match. Bulldog Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Fantastic match. And so I put that on and the English people were booing Brett on that show. Really? Yeah. Isn't it funny? Because I remember it through rose-tinted glasses and I yeah. don't remember that at all. Well, he even cuts a promo, like a live promo. So he's on the video. I, let's say Vince McMahon's interviewing him and he's saying, does it bother you that people are booing you? And he goes, yes, it does. Because <laughs> it does. Because he, he yeah. probably did. And it probably yeah. really did. He probably thought he was going to be a big baby yeah. face. But of course, The Undertaker, even back then, was an iconic character. Like, yeah. ev- even though he hadn't, you know, in the contrast of how he's been around 25 years, 20, nearly 30 years now, he's, uh, he'd only been around seven at the time, but he was still a legend. Yeah, but guys, then, yeah, and guys didn't know? really get those runs, did they? It was much more like they'd come, you know, real, only enduring characters would be around for seven years. Yeah. You'd get other people would come in for like six months, couple of years. Sure. You know what I mean? Like, and I'm, I'm not in any way comparing The Undertaker to the Beverly Brothers, but mm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. You had runs of guys like the Beverly Brothers yeah, yeah. or like, a, even like the model Rick Martel. Or yeah, like yeah, whoever, you know. Or like Demolition. Demolition yeah. were only around... In a, probably four but, but in an, right in and out there were like and even if you think of like Legion of Doom you know yeah yeah like in and out like not but their run was actually a couple of years but yeah yeah but still but the point I'm making is like it seven, seven years is in, yeah. in WWF terms in those days like now it's almost like they're lifers right yeah yeah, but yeah. Like, well, uh, Kobe Kingston's been around like 11 years this now this is insane isn't it 11 years and, and yet he's still the um, and yet now it's like oh finally you're pushing someone new yeah like and he's like, he's not actually new. He's actually, <coughs> he's been around years and years ago. Just like and a like, new He person. actually had an opportunity to be a top guy when he wrestled Randy Orton at Madison Square Garden like years and years and, and years, ago. years ago. And that was 10 years ago. 10 years ago. And, yeah, and yeah. he could have been, Kofi Kingston could have been 
I'm not saying the answer to all their problems, but Kofi Kingston could have been that lovable baby face that they've always wanted 10 years ago. Yeah, right, right. And like they've just, they've had him at their disposal and now like, oh, you know, their contracts are coming up soon. So let's, (laughs) let's show them how we should be treating them. Is that, is that, is that real, is it? That's the thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So like, I think it is with the new day. I'm not too, I'm 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 acting like kind of, Uso's contracts are coming up. But like, but it's essentially everyone who's, contracts are coming up or everyone who's experienced unhappiness or or voiced displeasure is getting a push okay which is a a different very different mentality to what it would have been in the past because before if you'd spoken up you would have been hammered back down yeah yeah right right take it mean? or leave it and I, and I don't and again like I don't know this I don't know it as a fact but I think it's obviously you know, there's no smoke without fire, and I think if you connect the dots, you know, I'm not, I might be sitting there going one plus one is five, uh-huh. but I think I'm saying one plus one is two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah because yeah. like, uh, I think that, you know, you just got to look at people like, you know, revival, request their releases, tag team champions, yeah, that's crazy, Usos, isn't it? Yeah. contract coming up in a million years, would the Usos beat Shane McMahon and The Miz? Yeah, right. Do you know right. what I mean? Uh-huh. Usos tag team champions, Sasha Banks very vocal on. Uh, Twitter. Oh, they won the women's belts. Women's so course they champions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Do you know what I mean? So that, that's all I'm, you know, just... Doesn't take a genius, does rumor it? Rumour and innuendo. <laughs> yeah. You know, just throwing a little bit out there. You could do the so. Usos. That'd be a hell of a draw. Yeah, I know. You could, do the, you could do the... the. Well, well, I said you could do it with the Dudley boys. So the, yeah, the David Boy Smith. Unfor- unfortunately, Bully Razor. You don't get, well, you can't do it with the Dudley boys now, but when the you could have done a tour of the country three oh, times around. I would have done a week with Bully Ray and been like, I'm done. <laughs> well, maybe, yeah. Yeah. But missed business opportunity for someone there. You could have toured the halls of England yeah, with the Dudley tables boys. Matches, yeah. yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, a missed business opportunity for TNA, perhaps, who had them under contract. Yeah. Very but but the, I, I think a big, big issue with that, you might disagree. Big issue that I'd say was where they weren't called the Dudley Boys in this country. You could stick anyone you wanted on a poster. The Dudley Boys are coming to Hull. Dudley Boys well, are coming to Portsmouth. Dudley imagine, boys. imagine TNA could have effectively done a Dudley Boys versus Hardys table tour. Oh yeah, I guess they could have done. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, just food for thought. Mm. Here's what you could have won. Yeah, they could have done Dudley's versus New Age Outlaws. Do you know what yeah. I mean? They had all those... Uh, they might well have done it. Don't know. Yeah. No, but I mean, like, you know, just the t- in yeah, terms yeah, of the tour. Yeah, yeah. So we said, like, the DX reunion tour would have been something as well, mm-hmm. you know, with obviously all, the, all of them apart from Sean and Triple H. So, you know, sure. like you could have had X-Pac uh, and yeah. the New Age Outlaws doing six-man tags. Well, wait, here's, a, here's a little story for you. I don't think I've said this one specifically, but there used to be a young man. I haven't not seen him in years, actually. Young kid who used to come in my mum and dad's shop, and on the front page of the Portsmouth News was the DX, like an advert for the Portsmouth Guildhall show with the DX logo, but it was like the spray paint one, so it was like the, the, the most... The new one. The yeah, new yeah. one. And his mum said to me, oh, Alex is wondering, are DX going to be in Portsmouth? And I was like, not the DX you're thinking of. Yeah, you yeah. still get Billy Gunn and you get Road... I think it was oh, Billy Gunn uh, maybe, and Road Dog, maybe? Uh, I don't know no, they I don't came think they came together. Came, no, they came oh, they separately. they came separately, yeah. Yeah, they came separately. Um, but I think maybe for this specific show, they were the intention was to bring them together. So, uh, yeah, like to my point about, like, you could put the Dudley boys on a poster in England and no one really sort of bat an eyelid to it, but... Yeah, I know there was talk at some point of doing a DX tour, but I'm just checking my email to see if there's anything there, but I can't see anything. Weren't you something to do with it? Yeah, for me, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Oh, I see, okay. I'm looking now to see if I can find any... anything about it, but (laughs) unfortunately it doesn't look like I can. No, I can't. No. 
Okay. So, <coughs> no, uh, no reminiscing there. Um, no, but we did have X-Pac, as like we mentioned a few years ago, and he couldn't have been cooler. Yeah, he was lovely, wasn't Congratulations he? Congratulations to uh, X-Pac going in the WWE Hall of Fame. Congrats, brother. Yeah. Um, so, so we can... Sweet. That kind of... So, um, how far are we in? I don't know. Four hours? Half an hour. Really? Already. God. Half an hour just shooting the... You know what? I told you, shooting the you know what is Yeah, but is, it's not good ratings. Fun. It's fun, but it's not good ratings. Okay, well, I, I, so the, a lot of the feedback I get, and it's yeah, not many, is I'm people say, I just love listening to you two talk. I'm I'm like Tony Khan, mate. I'm a stats man. Yeah. All right? So, like, uh, I've... Uh, I you see put the, the analytics I see, in the well, computer. I see the, I see the ratings, and yeah. like uh, the downloads and whatever, and any time we have a general... Any time we have an unspecific... Apart from the mailbags, which we're coming back to the mailbag next week. Yeah. Anytime we Let's not forget to plug that now. So we're coming back to mailbag next week, so if you've got any questions for us, get in there. We've got the A-Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast Facebook page, which we neglect. We've got our Twitters. Yeah, you, just our personal fa- Twitters are better, really. Tweet um, us on our personal Twitter pages, at Boy Simmons. And at A. Quilden. Yeah. And we'll spell them at the end. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, so if you have any questions, let us know. Um, we're going to do a mailbag episode like next week. The, t- the two mailbag episodes are in the top five all-time downloads. Yeah. So we're gonna we're gonna make it a hat trick with a wicked controversial fun. Yeah. AMA. Ask us anything. Ask me anything. But yeah. AUA. We won't necessarily answer it, but we'd like to know what people would like to would like <laughs> no, to know I'll, about it. We will answer everything. You'll probably be. It's interesting though because you'll probably be more politically savvy than I will. Yeah. Probably. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, I'm just like, I'm a shooter, aren't I? Yeah. That's a, that's, that's the trouble, isn't it? Mm. I shoot from the hip. Um, would you like to polish over stuff? Well, I'm, you know, I'm not my own boss. You are, so um, that's probably a big part of it. Yeah, but I, yeah, maybe. I mean, like, I am my own boss in some respects, but not the wrestling. Yeah. Thanks for clarifying. Yeah, you know, I'm a very, very successful. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the word director of a company. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur, there you go. Yep, you can see him down Tesco's nicking the uh <laughs> bubble the bubble wrap. Shh, don't tell him all my trade secrets. <laughs> I've yeah. saved a lot of money doing that. You have Mark Sloan down the local Tesco's. Yeah, I know, yeah. Him. Fighting Competing. over it. Yeah. Um at shopperofpro.com we just buy big rolls of it and just we're done with it. That's right, it's a game. I've been doing I've been doing it for nearly ten years. I've saved a fortune. Good for you. Yeah, there you go. Um, Come on, today's topic. Today's Let's get to oh, it. so we got, are we going so today's topic. So we're going to do card subjects to change part, part three. three. So part one, we discussed wrestling shows um, that we went on uh, that the wrestling shows that we weren't involved with, but had no shows. So listen back to it; it's great. Um, so there's stuff like. Um, I'm trying to think off the top of my head. There's like there's FWA shows, so like where uh, I think we tell the story of Jake Roberts when he turned up to the show. Well, and Steve Carino, yeah. So Carino was Carino booked, was booked on the show. Yeah, and, yeah, and uh, we tell stories of who else do we tell stories of that doesn't that aren't there? I know there was um, a story which we may have talked about in the podcast, but it was like Brian Kendrick was booked for an FWA show, and he was going out with. The girl who was on Tough Enough, Taylor. Taylor. And we didn't talk about that story on that. We first didn't? Thing. No, so you just... Okay, well, I'll tell you The story was Taylor told him not to go. Yeah. So he didn't go. And now they're not that was like, anymore. I assume not. 
Do you know what the lesson to that was? It might be actually. I don't Do you know, know what FWA should have done? What's that? They should have booked Taylor from Book Tough Taylor. Book Taylor, yeah, yeah. Just would have solved a problem, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. But there's loads of um, loads of great stories from back in the day that we tell. Oh, we tell the story about when the Bushwhackers and Honky Tonk Man were over for Scott Conway and then they got sent home in the middle of a tour because they weren't drawing the houses. Uh, yeah, and they so refused to take their money yeah, down. And I was right, out, yeah, and I was at one of the shows. Yeah. Um, the first show after that, actually. So uh, we talk about that. There's loads of other cool stories in the first one. Then the second one, we start talking about um, no shows at Rev Pro shows, um, which also contain many interesting stories. So check them out. Cards subject to change and cards still subject to change are the two topics. And now... And we didn't have time to tell all the stories, and we're definitely, almost certainly, not going to have time to tell all the stories of part two, um, part three, part three. Yeah, sorry, especially after we now because we've uh, we nearly at forty. I minutes. mean, we're just so good at just being mates, aren't we? So <laughs> that's, it, yeah. that's, that's the only time we ever really actually get along. I think yeah, just yeah. for an hour, yeah, an hour a week. Um, so, uh, so you've got a little list there. I've got a little list, but what? So what we were going to talk about is what brought us to. This topic was high stakes. Uh, of course, This yeah. past Friday's high stakes at York Hall Bethnal Green, which was a show which I've never in my life experienced a show with so many uh, dropouts, I guess, beforehand. Yeah. And like what a, what a nightmare it was that, that week leading up to it and how it all... Well, you even had one on the day. Yeah, so the, the point I'm making is, yeah, yeah, like, so we, so like last week's podcast, we were actually talking about high stakes, and I was talking about the process of, um, you know, losing certain guys, and we decided not to do it, because I felt, in my opinion, I just felt it was too negative, and like, you caught me, like, when I'd literally just sorted out the problem, so you were, like, so it was a shorter podcast than normal, right, and mm-hmm. like, uh, and you, uh, you literally, we, we recorded it a lot later, you were sat in the office for ages while I was... Dealing yep. with stuff, right? And yep. um, and that was because I, yeah, I the, the show was in two days' time, and I was still finalising the last piece of a puzzle, which was getting the besties in the world, changing the card up a little bit to get Team White Wolf in a tag match against the besties in the world, and we were literally finalising that on Wednesday, which was the final piece of the puzzle. But we had Sammy Jane pull out through injury. Um, we had uh, Kwaito Khan. Um, have to pull out for the because um, he's back in Japan for the time being, um, but as I explained on the podcast last week, it was kind of touch and go up until that specific morning, right on the Wednesday morning, oh, yeah, as of course, to yeah. whether or not he was going to make the show or not. Um, so, um, so just all kinds of um, things leading up to it. Oh, we had uh, Andrew Everett was booked uh, to wrestle Josh Bodum, who didn't. It's kind of one of the stories, one of the first stories we'd hit on um, today. But he was uh, uh, he pulled out on the show as well, um, and uh, and I think we'll get we'll get into that story in a second. But then like uh, uh, and I there was many di- like there was some of the card which wasn't announced. Um, so lo- so long and short of it is the reason why I um, why we didn't record release it last week. So I was just I just felt like it was too negative because I was concentrating too much on negativity. And I woke up the next morning. Um, I didn't have time to put it up that evening. Because uh, it was um, it just again when when we finished recording, I was still organising stuff, um, and then when I woke up the next morning, I was just like feeling a lot more. I don't want to say it was an, it wasn't a negative tone podcast, but it was focusing a lot on negative. You it know. makes for a better story post show. 
Yeah. Well, we? maybe. I don't know. Well, think. no, but like, no, because you overcame all the hassles. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But I was so. still in the middle of <laughs> knees yeah. deep in it last week. So, yeah, like um, I said, I just thought you were too busy to do it. But um, but I the, the the best part that we will share, it's up to you if you want to release the name of a conversation you had on the phone. Okay, I'm not, world I'm not class professional. I'm, I'm not releasing the name, but um, so quite a lot of a card hadn't been announced because where guys had pulled out. So, like for example, um, I, I think Andrew Everett pulled out on the maybe Monday of that week when we were literally just about to announce his match. And I don't even. And I think the reason why we hadn't announced it sooner was just because we didn't have a picture of him to. Uh, <laughs> to use for the match graphic, right? Yeah. Um, but then um, he pulled out, um, and everything was all mixed mixed around. And and, I, and and basically, I I hadn't announced any more of a card because I was like, we've got stuff to play with, you know. The le- I didn't want to change. I wanted to keep as much of the advertised card as possible, and be able to have the that creative license to be able to play around with the other matches on the on the card um and but i i felt like i wanted to get another big name and my mentality was um the two big matches on the show were uh aussie open and cck and pack versus osprey and they're your two key matches but i wanted to add another third kind of marquee match um and uh I went through a laundry list of, of wrestlers and I found someone who I thought... And, and again, you've got to remember, TNA were taping that weekend. Um, who else were taping that weekend that made it impossible to get some guys? Um, I know TNA were taping that weekend. Evolve had shows that weekend. Um, and I think New Japan was, were. No, no, New Japan weren't. But it was too late to get... Basically, it was too late. Like, so there was a New Japan talent that I wanted beforehand um, that were unavailable that weekend. Um and I and I kind of wanted to have specific guys rather than just bring in random guys. Yeah. Um, okay. For this specific show, um, and um, uh, and it would have been too late. No, once you get to the week of a show, it's too late notice to organise stuff, especially when New Japan aren't. So when when the wrestlers aren't on tour, then it takes a bit longer to get everything organised. So. It just wasn't really an option to pull anyone from New Japan, and um, and the foreign wrestlers were all uh, um, busy that weekend. The, the New Japan, the, you know, when I say the foreign wrestlers, the, the American wrestlers um, were all all having a lovely time that weekend. So it kind of didn't leave me with many options. So I wound up um, uh, finding someone who I thought was a a pretty top class replacement. Yeah. And uh, and like, and I had every indication that it was all going to work out because on the Tuesday morning I got an uh, I got an email saying um, so I'd I'd emailed like in the early hours of Tuesday morning, and um, I got a reply when I woke up saying I'd be um, I'm kind of like saying I'm available. Can we arrange a time to talk on the phone? It'd probably be easier to talk on the phone. You know I'm aware of any time differences. So I replied. Um, I said, I'm happy to talk, you know, sorry I missed that email, you know, I'm I'm happy to talk whenever. They replied saying, okay, uh, so 12 o'clock Eastern time, so which is 5 p.m. our time. So I didn't really do much in terms of shifting the card round. Um, I'd kind of written down, re- rewritten the card um, with this particular person in mind for, tu- uh, for 
you know, coming in on the Friday. So bearing in mind, this is Tuesday. He's available, and uh, and we're going to talk at five p.m. Uh, at midday on the Tuesday. He would likely fly on the Thursday to land on the Friday. So. You know, there's not a lot of time to turn this round. So the fact that he said he's available and wants to talk on the phone suggests he just wants to get the deal done quickly, right? Yeah, yeah. And uh, and I'm thinking like, oh, you know, this cool. is gonna, this is great because I'm not, you know, no messing around. So I was banking on this guy being on the show, and we had the conversation, and he said to me, um, available, um, interest in coming down, but there's, you know. There's only two wrestlers that I'd be interested in wrestling. And I was like, he's like, do you have someone in mind who you want me to wrestle? And I was like, yeah, so and so. And he's like, oh, well, the only two people I'm interested in wrestling are Will Ospreay and Pac. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that's not possible because that's the main event of a show. Like, do you know, do yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's absurd. Like, he, I mean, I don't know, but I, I, I was going to say he must know, but he, he probably didn't, did he? Uh, I don't know. I would imagine he would have looked at the website and just seen the poster saying Osprey versus Pack, but whatever. Mm. Um, but you'd think he would, yeah. whether or not he did. But he, Well, he knew Pack obviously wrestled for me, yeah. so he knew that much. Okay, yeah. Um, so two wrestlers I'd like to wrestle, Will Osprey or Pack. So I'm like, well, I don't think that's possible because the show's Will Osprey versus Pack, and uh, and the show sold out based upon that one match. And he's like, well, I'm not interested. I'm only interested in wrestling with Osprey or Pack. And I and I said to him like, well, and I'm thinking like, well, maybe we can try and pull this round here. And I said like, well, maybe we can bring you in for this match um, now, and we can use it to set up a match versus Will Osprey and or Pack for the future. So you'll come back for the next one. So not only do you get to come this weekend, you've got nothing on. You literally just told me that. Yeah. Not only do you get to come this weekend um, for that that show. Get yourself some, you know, get to earn double bubble by coming back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Right? Yeah. And uh, and he's like, no, I'm not, at this stage, in, I'm not really interested. He's like, I'm not interested in enhancement matches. I'm not interested in putting matches, in putting people over. I'm not interested in, but I never, I, there was no discussion about what the finish of a match would be. Yeah. Um, uh, and he's like, I'm only interested in wrestling who I want. Right. And at the moment, the only <clears> people <throat> I want to wrestle are Will Ospreay and Pack. So he's like, if you change your mind, or you want me to wrestle Willow Spray and Pack, <laughs> yeah. I'm ready to rock and roll. Okay. And I was like, okay, bye. And that is why Typhoon was not on the show. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so um so yeah, so that happened. That added to my that added to my stress levels. Um but we got there in the end, and the last one of course was Chris Ridgeway pulling out on the day. Yeah. Um, you used to that it's though, kind of like you? Yeah, it's kind of like a running joke, like uh a coin toss as to whether he's going to be there or not. Um, so uh, for someone, <coughs> for someone that is like genuinely such a talented man, yeah. looks apart, you know, has a lot of things going for him. I seem to have that. I hear, I hear that conversation from you. I don't know what he's like for everyone else, but well, he's either the unluckiest person in the world. Yeah. Or I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> like, let's put it down to that. Yeah. Yeah. Must be the unluckiest person in the world. Um, so that obviously wasn't an ideal way to to start the show, but the show happens as they do. The show must go on, and obviously it was main evented by an exceptional Will Ospreay versus Pack match, two of the best wrestlers in the world, um, and uh, yeah, they they put on quite the spectacle. Um, so 
Um, so yeah, so that's I guess that's a nice way to get started, isn't it? Um, and uh, as, as we're talking about card subject to change, um, and uh, obviously we just mentioned Chris Ridgway pulling out on the day of a show. He's probably not worth. <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we get into all those. Uh, no shows will probably be here for quite a while, won't we? <laughs> right, right. So, should we start with uh, Andrew Everett? Yeah, well, so, he's topical. So, again, topical from his past weekend shows. Um, so, um, so he actually pulled out of this past weekend show because he's got a knee injury. Anyone knows that Andrew Everett's followed his career, he's got uh, niggling knee injuries, I guess, is a, the best way to, to call it. Um, and he re-aggravated his knee injury and he essentially said um, he didn't want to perform at less than 100%, so that's why he couldn't make the show. But this is also topical because Andrew Everett, a mm, few years back now, what, could you put a year date, a uh, time stamp 2016, on it? I want to say. Maybe 2016. <coughs> yeah. Andrew Everett competed for me in, at a show in Sittingbourne. He actually defeated Josh Bowden, the man he was going to face at York Hall this past Friday. He defeated him for the Undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship. And he was scheduled to wrestle him again in Portsmouth at the Portsmouth Guild Hall on the either the Tuesday or the Wednesday of the of that week. Yeah, so it must be 2016 because I think we took over from Tom in 2015. So, um, so he was scheduled to fight Josh anyway, yeah. and uh, he in in defeating him, he injured his knee uh, in as a, in the match, and he spent the rest of the week essentially on crutches at my house watching Archer on Netflix. Yeah, that's um, what I meant. Because he couldn't. Uh, he couldn't wrestle, um, so uh, I thought. And do you know what the worst thing is? I can't even remember what we did. Like I, again, this this uh, um, maybe this maybe card subject match. to change. Maybe episode. you did a match at the Guildhall, Josh versus someone. The winner won the belt. Maybe it wasn't. No, I don't think we did. You think it was a tournament? Like I think we wound up holding the belt up and doing some kind of tournament. Um, it's bad, isn't it? I can't even remember. Um, what do you think? <laughs> I think I think just that. But um, that's a but I can't remember what we did at but belt. I can't remember what we did at Portsmouth Guildhall either. Um, but the Portsmouth show is always easier to cover than anywhere else because obviously we have a whole training school of wrestlers, so it makes life a lot easier, doesn't it? Sure. Um, so I'm just going to look at the undisputed British Cruiserweight Championship reigns. Um, Roman Reigns, not Roman. Oh, okay, his brother, um, Luther. So he vacated it. Um, oh, that's right. Ah, oh, how can I forget? So this was, uh, yeah. So he vacated it in. So it was October two thousand fifteen. This was. Was it really? Yep, October two thousand fifteen. On the twenty fifth, he defended it. He won it. In Sittingbourne. Okay. And on the 27th, he was scheduled to defend it. And instead of coming out to defend it, he vacated the championship. Yeah. And then we didn't crown a new champion until January the 3rd, when our annual tournament at the cockpit started, that tradition. Because obviously, the first year was for Cruiserweight Championship, and the next year was for Women's Championship, and last year was for this year was for Queen of the Ring. Okay. Um, and it was a British Cruiserweight Championship tournament, which was won by... Josh Bowden. No. Pete Dunn. Oh, right, okay. Do you not remember that? Yeah. Who did he defeat in the finals? <laughs> I don't know. 
Who did yeah. anything? I mean, you did the bloody remember. Well, no, I didn't. Rem- no, I didn't remember the tournament at all. Like I remember it now. Like I, d- I was trying to. Again, it's hard to get the the timelines. Yeah, is, is who what did was, he beat uh, in the final? Flash Morgan Webster. So okay. like the tournament had. I remember the tournament had El Liguero in it. Um, oh, maybe Josh Bowden. Yeah, so it was Josh Bowden versus Flash Morgan Webster. El Liguero versus Pete Dunne were the two first round matches. And then oh, the, so it was like finals, a three match title. Yeah, the finals was Pete Dunne against okay. Flash Morgan Webster. Right. And that was the start of the Bruiserweight character. Uh, the real start of it. And and Pete um, kind of credits that. I, I saw an interview he did with the uh, Mirror Online or something where he, he said, you know, like, um, where we really ran with the Bruiserweight character. So I'm not just tooting my own horn now. Yeah, I think he put um, you over on the Edge and Christian so podcast as well. Oh, do you really? I haven't listened You're to lying. It. No, no. I, well, I I even listened to that whole episode. I saw, you know, people like just put like minute the, clips and yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, And it was talking about the bruiser weight. Yeah, I think he was on the edge. But like I was, like I was, uh, yeah, just uh, as a kind of side note. Yeah, like I was, like I was facet. Like I thought the bruiser weight character was just something else. Like I, because I'd seen Pete. Um, he'd wrestled for me before, but he was just like little Pete Dunn, you know, yeah. one of the defending the wrestling uh, guys, like uh, with uh, you know with Mandrews. He's just been like a happy clappy. Defending the wrestling, yeah, we're cool, you know, yeah. hip guys, mm-hmm. and like he'd completely, he'd completely reinvented himself, um, and yeah, I just, I just loved the concept of the bruiserweight and just the way he, um, short sharp bursts of offense, but he followed a lot of stuff up in combination, like just everything about him, you know, and the, you know his timing, his poise, his facials, um, so it was something that I felt we could really run with, and that's exactly what we did with, uh, with that character, and like we established him in one night winning that tournament he was a complete underdog in that tournament as well no one had him pegged to win um and uh yeah and he won and that was a that was a, the start yeah. of that um the you know the ascent he won was the, the, I don't no he didn't win, didn't win no. okay um nice try yeah. nice try um so yeah so that was andrew everett and then obviously he's got another knee injury again so we wish him a speedy recovery like he's he's fine he's wrestled this weekend which i saw i was got upset about i was like oh Wrestle for OTT, but you can't wrestle for me, kid. Yeah, interesting. But that was the time when Andrew Everett missed uh, Mr. Show, and we made a we made something out of it with the tournament. And I think the tournament was a the tournament for the championship was a much better uh, result for the championship, and it helped create Pete. So you know, from these negatives, often come positives. Or I say often come positives. It's what you make of those negatives. Yeah, turning negative. Into yeah. Um, Oh, one that's just come to my head um, was a time when uh, you, you probably remember this uh, Summer Sizzler, uh, two thousand and fourteen, maybe, um, which was supposed to be the Swords of Essex versus Two Unlimited. Okay, do you remember that? And uh, and basically, uh, Paul Robinson, <laughs> the day before, so I can't even remember how this came up. Like I, I messaged him saying something like, "Are you what time you get in there or whatever?" He didn't like. Um, he didn't message me back um, and just kind of ignored me. Yeah. And then, like, we all messaged me being like, I, I can't remember if this was the day before or the day of. I think it was the day before. Then we all messaged me being like, I've just spoken to Paul and he's not coming to the show. Um, he's going to a wedding. He says he's told you about it. I'm like, he definitely hasn't told me about it. And um, and so I'm messaging him and he's just not replying. Right, literally, I've sw- I've seen him since. I saw him at a uh, War Dust Wrestle League show, where we spoke to each other. But like, what are you doing there? We did the first few shows. Ring were you jobs, the ring announcing, yeah. Oh, were you? oh, okay. Yeah. Um, oh, you never bothered coming. 
No, I, I think I, I, I didn't wrestle in the first couple. Couldn't be bothered, could you? Well, I wasn't um, asked to wrestle. Uh, so, but I saw him at a show since then, and we we talked like like it was the old days, like we hadn't, you know, like that nothing happened. happened. Yeah. Like that hadn't happened. We just haven't discussed it ever right. since, right? But like, I thought he was going to be there. He told me he was going to be there. Will thought he was going to be there. He was his mate, you know, until literally the day before, right? <laughs> right? And then, so Will's told me. So Paul's never actually officially told me he's not going to come to the show, even though I'd been messaging him saying, "Hey, mate, what time are you?" Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. just thought that, you know. Right, it's just probably like the day before being like, oh my God, I forgot to yeah, tell him. Yeah, and then, like, the, way, then the way around it is just ignore it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just hide yourself yeah. from the problem, yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, and I was expecting like a message just to be like, sorry, I thought, like even if he had told me, which he hadn't, <laughs> even if he'd told me, I'd expected him to say, um, uh, mate, you've got me advertised. Like, it was advertised very clearly. He was yes, tagged in everything, okay. you know. Um, you know, like, mate, I think there's been a bit of a misunderstanding here. I, t- I did tell you I can't do that, you know. Mm-hmm. He didn't. But so like, it ended up being Jake McCluskey, didn't it? So, yeah, so the, so so we wound up having Jake McCluskey do it. Then the four of them had the craziest, one of the craziest matches in <laughs> in probably RevPro history. Like, it was just crazy, wasn't it? And, yeah. like, uh, and everyone was, like, going nuts for it. Um, and, uh, yeah, and that, and that was... The imp- and then essentially that was where the first I think real star making like Will Ospreay was always going to be a star don't get me wrong and like in a tag team like obviously him and Paul were fantastic as a team um, their match with Ricochet and uh, Rich Swan was something else um, but Rich but Will was I think really not like I don't want to say Will was going to be a tag team wrestler but for his plans with myself it was to be in this tag team with Paul for a little while longer before breaking off into singles stuff right but that happening um, accelerated the process of Will becoming a singles wrestler for me. Um, and then as a result, that then accelerated his high-profile singles matches. Um, so some of those singles matches he had, you might not have seen. So, for example, if Paul was still on the scene in the tag team That's a good with point. the two, yeah. um, who knows what... you Cause know? Obviously, it, yeah, because the New Japan... Well, became aware of him at the Global Wars. Global Wars show, yeah, where he wrestled, he, oh, uh, he wrestled Okada at Global yeah. Wars. Um, so That might not have ever happened um, if no. you'd still had him as a tag team, obviously. So. so, again, yeah, absolutely. So, it's like I say, sometimes a negative can turn into a positive, and for Will, it wound up him becoming... Well, again, it was always... Like, don't get me wrong, it was always going to happen. Yeah. But just the timing of it might have been slightly later, sure. because who knows? I mean, it's easy to say it was always going to happen, but... You know, there's a lot of people in alternate universes who are like megastars, but are in this universe as dark. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. You know, you never know. It's just funny. Like, it's fate, isn't it? The way everything kind of... Everything happens for a reason. Yeah, Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I do believe in that. And I I think that's why, um, you know, sometimes I shrug my shoulders and I say, you know, it is what it is. That's a Mm -hmm. a term I use a lot. Yeah. Like, uh, when... uh, Here's an example of a funny story I told you from the weekend, just because, you know, I think people like hearing these stories. So, um... Jonathan Gresham, um, he'd, he'd came down to Portsmouth School of Wrestling and did a, a training seminar on the Thursday. Thursday yeah. um, and then on the um, Friday, he came to High Stakes. So he stayed in Portsmouth. So he stayed in Portsmouth. Someone picked him up from a hotel in High Stakes, um, brought him to the show from a hotel in Portsmouth. On the f- Saturday, he was flying back to America from Heathrow. He had a hotel booked in Heathrow 
uh, I, as far as I'm aware, again, because I'm not sure, you know, someone could be keeping stuff from me, but the driver was given hotel information. Jonathan was definitely given the hotel information. I get a phone call at half past two in the morning, <laughs> say on Saturday, it would be Saturday morning, early hours of Saturday morning, half past two, saying, uh, Andy, Jonathan Gresham's at the Portsmouth Travel Lodge. He's supposed to be in Heathrow. I'm like, what? Yeah, he's supposed to be in Heathrow. Yeah, but why is he in Portsmouth? I don't know. He's just been dropped off at the Portsmouth Travel Lodge. What so this was the do? driver had called you? No, so this is uh, the person who was organising the, uh, the right, stuff okay. called me. So Jonathan so, Gresham's on his own? He's been dropped so, off outside So dropped off at... At the so hotel, he's on, so he's on his own as far as I'm aware, yeah. Right, and he's so I don't really know the ins and outs of it, okay. Right? All right, but he's in Portsmouth, he's contacted the person who's, yeah, in charge of the logistics for this situation, yeah. Okay, um, he's in Portsmouth, and I'm like, oh, we're just gonna have to arrange for a taxi, like, again, he's gonna cost me a fortune, isn't mm. it? We're gonna have to arrange for a taxi to pick him up in the morning because there's no one's gonna, like, there's a member of the Rev Pro roster getting married on Saturday, yeah, so no one's gonna be around to drive him. Um, there's uh, no one's going to drive him now because it's 2.30 2 in, in the morning, morning and we've all been at your call since 7am this morning right um, so you know we're going to have to call him a taxi in the morning right and I thought he may be, I thought I just assumed he was with Angelico because Angelico was staying for the Southampton show and I just assumed they were, I guess said were together and had gone back to the like I could Maybe the mistake was they just looked at Angelico's details and were like, oh, you're both staying here, you know, yeah. whatever. But no, he just wasn't. He was on his own. He had no no room booked. I was like, well, he's going to have to go back now then because he's got a hotel in Heathrow. So I guess what happened was a taxi picked him up from um, the Portsmouth Travel Lodge and took him to a hotel in Heathrow where he was supposed to be. Um, which probably cost me 60, 70 quid, which I'm too scared to even look at the bank statement to see. Don't want to know. Um, yeah, and I got the message saying, all sorted now, no problem. Okay. And I replied saying, well, actually, it is quite a big problem, but whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, so that happened. Just to add to my woes, so like, uh, it's never, when you think it's all over, it never quite is, you know. No. Um, it's no. a very, very stressful time running these shows. I don't think people see that, that side of it. Um, so, anyway... Um, that's that one. Right. Paul Robinson, Andrew Everett. Here's another one for you. Colt Cabana. Okay, so as you know, Colt Cabana wound up becoming the undisputed British heavyweight... Pardon me, heavyweight champion. Um, Do you remember it was documented a while back, uh, uh, well, a few years ago, maybe, so this would be 2013, early 2013? End of 2012? Start of 2013, maybe? Okay. End of 2012, I think. Yeah. Um, Remember, he got a finger injury. Yes. So he was actually scheduled to work Rockstar Spud on that show. Okay. Um, and we Who filmed is now? Drake Maverick. Drake Maverick, 205 um, General Max Manager. Power. Yeah. It's like one of those names, isn't it? You know, like in The Simpsons, Homer chooses Max Power. <laughs> yeah, it's a strong yeah. name. Yeah. Drake Maverick is yeah. a strong name. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, he was going to wrestle Rockstar Spud. And like, uh, we'd filmed a really cool video, which I think I'll... I'll it's it's offline now, but it's on it's still on YouTube, but just you can't see it. Okay. When the, the match got cancelled, we kind of took it down. But um, you remember Colt Cabana used to do Creatives Got Nothing For oh, You. Of course, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, yes. so we did a video of, um, it's basically a Creatives Got Nothing For You video of Colt Cabana doing his Creatives Got Nothing For You, and we inserted clips of Spud 
talking he at wasn't, him. Wasn't Rockstars. He wasn't he was Rockstar Spud. He wasn't TNA Spud. He wasn't. He'd, he'd won British Boot Camp by this point, I think. Had he? Okay. Yeah, definitely. Okay. He'd definitely won British Boot Camp by this point. Okay. So, um, and, and yeah, so that was, uh, so we'd done that going back and forth, right? Now, uh, and then Colt injured his finger and then couldn't come to the show. Now, this was very important because Colt was scheduled to win the championship on our first show of 2013. In Sittingbourne? In Sittingbourne. Okay. But he, um, but the idea was he was going to wrestle Spud and Spud was aligned with Shah Samuels who of course was the undisputed British heavyweight champion at the time um, and that match was going to lead into Colt Cabana versus Shah Samuels. Um, and yeah, so he, so he couldn't make that show and I was like, oh no, and like the whole year's plans were based around Colt winning the championship, basically. Yeah. Um, so he couldn't make that show. So I forget who Spud wound up working, but like um, we wound up making it work. Um, and then instead, when Colt came back the following time, we did a number one contenders match instead of final four match to become the number one contender. And we set the a- and he became the number one contender. And then we set the angle up for high stakes 2013, which again was in Sittingbourne, um, and. Um, and Colt Cabana and Charles Samuels had one of the most emotionally driven matches yeah. in pro history. <coughs> I remember um, on it, yeah. And, uh, and it, it was a callback to... It was very well done, if I don't mind saying so myself. But like I, I recommend watching that as well. It's a free match on YouTube. Or you can watch it on rpwondemand.com. You can watch rpwondemand.com. We've got a seven-day free trial at the moment, haven't we? So you can watch a, you can watch the whole build. You can watch the first ma- you know, the number one contenders match and uh, yep. the... And the the championship match, um, but obviously uh, we'd added the stipulation in that if Colt Cabana didn't win the match, then this would be his last time in England, um, which then came back into play when we did the Lord Gideon Grey storyline with Colt Cabana later, where Colt Cabana said, where Gideon basically goaded him into the match and said, look, if you you know you like putting stipulations up, but if you're that confident you'll beat me, how about if you lose? then this is your last time in England. And Colt says yes. And then obviously uh, okay, that's yeah. how Colt Cabana then got banned from England. But Matt Classic managed to get him back in a few I months remember. later. Yes. So, do you know what I mean? It's, it's, so all of that stuff that happened, because that stipulation about, um, you know, not not being able to wrestle in England was kind of added as a last minute tweak to the story. But that wouldn't have happened if Colt had been able to make the show against Spud. So despite the fact I was gutted that I couldn't do Spud and Colt, and at the time, I couldn't think of anything worse. I was like, oh my God, I can't do Colt versus Spud. Like, we built this match up. The video for it is really cool. And like, <laughs> yeah, that's what I think so I was most upset about. Yeah, um, I was going to say, that's and, uh, a lot of it, wasn't it? And, and, and so at the time, I couldn't think of anything worse, but it wound up working out for the best because as a result of that, um, you know, we were able to get... Um, you know that stipulation in which played a huge part in in Rev Pro storylines for the next couple of years because that that um, you know Lord Gideon Grand Colt Cabana storyline has been one of uh, my favourites that I've had for a long while. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. yeah so I, I think that was uh, so that happened there. So there you go. Um, there's another one for you. Um, what about? I, let's just speed through these, shall we? Got a few more to go. How many? Uh, one. We've got one. Okay. Two. Three. I oh, know. I was looking at the time. Sorry. Four. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
So these are just ones I've written down, by the way, and like we only decided this today. Yeah. So like again, like if, if we'd done any re kind of research and mem I would have thought of some more people and more times. But these are just, I guess, ones that really stood out for me. Um, so the next one uh, is Alberto Del Rio. So Alberto Del Rio, uh, when he left, was this the first? This must have been the first time he left WWE, right? Before he went back. Yes. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah. So, 2015, this would be. So, we booked him for the Portsmouth Guild Hall. No, Mount Battenson. Sorry, <laughs> the Mount Battenson. Already on, already on fire <laughs> with his story. We booked him for the Mount Batten Centre. Sorry, um, and uh, and he was going to be the big draw of it. Was it in May the show was going to be? Yes. May, I'm going to say May 25th is my. Uh, I don't know if that's if that's my muscle memory coming back. May 25th. Maybe. Have you heard about um, the story with the, ma the mice or rats and muscle memory? No. Uh, so basically, it's just suggesting something that, like, if you if you take steroids as a um, as a baby, I guess you can muscle memory uh, stays. Okay. So, like, essentially, there's an argument for <laughs> there's an argument for taking steroids as kids, right? Yeah. And then that gives you competitive advantage as an adult. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So that's interesting, though, isn't it? Dosed up, but we? um, but uh, but that's uh, but that's I think they're using it as a as a study to look at people who use performance-enhancing drugs okay. to see if um, you know, obviously they might be busted and be out for a year. Are there still effects of performance-enhancing drugs uh, when they well, come see. back? Because yeah, yeah, yeah. okay. obviously there's a scandal about John Jones at the moment who's still got picograms of some substance in his body. He keeps testing positive for minuscule amounts of of uh, steroid that he had in his body. What he got banned for, for um, and he got off, he got off very leniently um, because he's John Jones superstar. Whenever it was anyone else, they would have been they would have got a much longer suspension. Okay. Um, but now he's testing positive, and people are almost like, and he's getting away. Like he's allowed to still compete, and that uh, and people are you know, is it? It's just because he's a star that he's getting away with it. Um, and they, they're now saying that steroid testing is almost too good. But like these tiny little... Oh, I see. Yeah, do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. So so it might saying, be in the system for years. Yeah. And they're saying yeah. like, you know, like this, you know, this stays in his system. This is not his fault. He's a clean fighter now. But you don't know. But essentially it's kind of saying like for X amount of time, if he does have within that level of that substance in his system, then he'll get away with it. Right. So who knows? Uh, who knows? Uh, um you know, the ins and outs of it. But anyway, that little muscle memory there uh, re reminded me of that. Um, Let's see what so, you're uh, May 25th. Let's type in Alberto now. Well, look up expat because that's what we end up using. Okay, yeah. Good idea. Expat. Ah! Was it September the 3rd? May 23rd, 24th. Only did one of them. No, it was a split with four uh, FW, wasn't it? Oh, of course, yeah. Look at that. The original person I was asking, how crazy is that? Yeah, so we were May twenty fourth, so I was one day off. Okay. Right. So I asked. Um, I asked. So this was on the ninth of March. I sent this through. And I asked about Samoa Joe as a potential replacement, right? And uh, 
And he was like, Samoa Joe's only confirming bookings through to April 23rd at this time. So that's why he wasn't available. He obviously went and went to WWE, didn't he? Oh, yeah, okay. Um, or maybe was he still... No, he was still in NXT, wasn't he? Do you remember? He Like, Samoa yeah. Joe had a de- No, Samoa Joe had a deal where when he first went to NXT, he could still work indies. Do you not remember that? Yeah, I do, I do. Yeah. He was, like, well, probably the first one to get that, was he? Well, he was, like... So he essentially had the NXT UK deal in NXT USA. Yeah, yeah. 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 He, yeah. And he's the only person that's... Uh, oh, sorry. Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano okay. also had that. But that was like a but, year, like, but, six months later? Yeah, and Tommaso Ciampa and Johnny Gargano, when they had it, they were um, uh, they were indie guys first who were bought in as freelancers, where Samoa Joe was specifically bought in yeah. and allowed to keep doing it. So it's interesting, though, isn't it? Yeah. Just the uh, way they've experimented with stuff like that. Um, so anyway, we wound up... Um, getting X-Pac to replace him. So um, I can't remember. The, do you remember the reason for Alberto pulling out? Um, oh, I think it was just a date clash with some big match in Mexico. Um, let's have a look. But I do remember he went missing the week of the show we did use him. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah. so, we so we were kind of nervous because obviously everyone's heard, and I don't mean this in like a, um, a negative way, um, uh um <laughs> I'm just looking at this um someone booked their tickets to to Portsmouth to see a great wrestler El Patron in his is his replacement really X-Pac out of many great indie wrestlers available why was a guy in his mid 40s who was average at best 20 years ago the choice Thanks, Josh, for that uh, <laughs> that email. Josh Davy or Davy Josh, one of the two. Maybe it's Davy Josh, and I but just X-Pac replied saying to be a great draw. he was great. Yeah, so I wrote thanks for your feedback, Josh. Alberto has rescheduled his appearance in July. If you'd like a refund, let us know. Yeah, I don't know if he got a refund or not. Probably um, not. But um, but so um, not sure why he's um, why he couldn't do the show. Because I think I at think that time, main, some, there was a big event. I'm sure that's what it was. And, and at that time, it went through. I think Dave Sharp was kind of in in charge of that, and then I kind of took it over once. Uh, you know, right? We need to get a replacement. Yeah. You know, um, so that's where we'd and because we'd already advertised Alberto, um, but obviously we had um, w- it was kind of far enough out that we could get a replacement and we could reschedule Alberto. So it was like you know he's not coming, but he's now coming on this date. Um, and for those of you who still want to come to wrestling on this date, we now have X-Pac. And as you say, um, X-Pac proved to be a fantastic draw for us. Um, and he was a great person to be around. Um, and, and he had a real good uh, real good time in Portsmouth. And like the match was the match was fun. Um, and, uh, and I remember commenting to him, like he couldn't understand it. But I remember, again, think about someone of X-Pac's stature. Yeah. Right? And I remember commenting to him, because I, I kind of observed him when he was doing the... You know, the meet and greet with the fans. He took his time to speak to everyone. He was just so lovely to every single fan. Um, but I even commented to him saying, like, listen, thank you so much for, you know, taking your time with these fans and, and kind of, uh, you know, appreciating them. Because yeah. so many times you get guys who are just like, oh, whatever, 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 you mm-hmm. know. And like, um, and X-Pac really took his time with the fans. And, and and I think it's probably fair to say that X-Pac may have back in the day had a bit of a reputation. Um, so it kind of... Um, it was kind of even, you know, 
even more gratifying to know that um changed his ways yeah yeah and uh and but he couldn't understand he was like well why wouldn't i not be lovely to these people you know yeah, yeah. and it's like well actually sometimes we get guys who are quite <laughs> Unpleasant. big dicks yeah. you know um so he was uh he was lovely ex-pack and uh, and yeah and that worked out that worked out really well and then alberto yeah so obviously there was and i think alberto had pulled out some shows and stuff and then like you say the week before he was his rescheduled appearance he'd no showed some shows that weekend and was uncontactable so we were like a Real nervous that he wouldn't turn up for the show in Portsmouth, um, but he did. Yeah, <laughs> and, he did, and and thank God he did because otherwise we wouldn't have that wonderful story about Louis uh, picking him up at the wrong airport. Oh, which course, you can go back yeah. to an early story and this uh, earlier episode and listen to that of story. Of course, yeah. Um, but what what happened better. was um, what did what didn't turn up though was his uh, his A4 prints for his meet and greet. So no, got a stack of those uh, which turned up on the Monday. The show was on the either Saturday or Sunday. So perfect timing, brilliant. Um, so yeah, so that was Alberto, um, and and again, we managed to make the best out of the bad situation in the sense of X-Pac was a perfect replacement for him, um, and um, he delivered a great show. Lots of fans came to watch that, and lots of fans came to watch Alberto in July. So you know, it was a kind of win-win situation. Um, but at the time, it was almost like. When you get that message and you just want the world to swallow you because he's just like, do you know what I mean? That's yeah, just yeah, kind of well, that feeling of like, oh my God. I remember, so I had my mum and dad and my brother, like everyone around at my house for the Saturday night and you called me up Sunday or we saw each other at training, I'd assume on Sunday. So Alberto's not coming. And, uh, and I said, I was, fine, what can you do about it? You know? Um, and then I said, when did you find that out? He goes, you said to me last night, but I didn't want to call you last night because I knew you had all your family around. <laughs> Just I didn't want to ruin my night, which I was personal. Very, very grateful for. Yeah, but I'm also very proactive about um, you know replacing. That's why, you know, we got in touch with uh, people straight away and started putting out the feelers to yeah. to guys because I'm very much like, a, okay, what can we make of this situation? And a lot of people in these situations are just like, nah, whatever. Um, you know, we'll just sell the tickets <laughs> and see what happens. But I'm. You know, I always try to yeah. get a replacement. Um, that's why even like this past Friday, this high, the high stakes show, I was getting someone above and beyond really who I needed to to bring in because they're not no one had been advertised. So, um, uh, okay, so which brings us to Ricochet, King Ricochet. Congratulations on your WWE debut, kid. Yeah, and thanks um, for listening, Ricochet. Because uh, we know you, we know you are listening. Um, so Ricochet. One of the most talented, phenomenal performers in the whole of the world. Um, he's been responsible for some of the uh, the biggest Revolution Pro Wrestling moments that I can remember. Um, I wrote, obviously, we spoke earlier about his tag match alongside Rich Swan against um, Paul Robinson and Will Ospreay. You can watch that on rpwondemand.com. I want to say Project Ego wrestled them as well. Right or wrong? No, Project Ego wrestled the Young Bucks. Oh, okay. Which you can watch on rpwondemand.com. Okay. Ricochet and Rich Swan also wrestled the Young Bucks, right. which you can watch on rpwondemand.com. Prince Devitt, rpwondemand.com. You get in the picture, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but so many great matches um, uh, of Ricochet that we've we've managed to host, um, and one of them, which the whole wrestling world was looking forward to, was Ricochet versus the best wrestler in the world, Kazuchika Okada. Of course. And that was going to take place the day after Uprising 2014? 
or 15. Was 14. this at the... At the Clapham Grand, 2014. 14. The show was literally called Ricochet versus Okada. <laughs> and then maybe a week before the show, uh, we just... Uh, of a week of the show, maybe. I'm going to give you some up-to-date information here. Um, so who did Okada wrestle? You'll find out in, with a story, won't you? Buff Bagwell. It definitely wasn't uh, Buff Bagwell. This is bad because now I can't find the email. Um, but I've definitely got it, a hundred percent, because I saw it. I I saw it earlier, and that's what prompted my memory. Um, so you're looking for the email from Ricochet. From uh, so I got no, I got a message from Ricochet, which may have been a text message, um, which was essentially saying. Hey, Andy, uh, you're going to hear from <laughs> someone from Lucha Underground. Um, there's a bit of trouble. <sighs> Here we go. So this is this guy's name. Right. There's a bit of trouble. Um, they're saying they need me to film on the, the weekend of your shows. Because Ricochet was supposed to be doing... Uh, supposed to be Ricochet and Rich Swan versus two unlimited on the first night then ricochet versus okada on the second night so that was a that was his weekend um and uh and basically the guy got in touch with me um and i've got, I found his name now so I, this will make life easier um right Got it? Oh, no. Terrible. I can't find the email. But um, this was on the 10th of October. And I think the show was like the 15th. The 18th and 19th. Right, okay. Okay. So originally Ricochet was supposed to be taping on the 25th and 26th of October. Okay. But they wound up uh, moving his dates forward to the 18th and 19th. Yep. And I remember having these conversations with Lucha Underground. So this is around the time when um, uh, when Lucha Underground was pull it, doing this all the time. Like you see, like oh, because of Lucha Underground, these so and so can't compete because you know because they kept moving their taping schedule. Yes. Um, and anyway, so this was like I say, eight days before the show was supposed to happen. <laughs> I Ricochet versus Okada. We wind up having ricochet pulled and i remember talking to them and they were saying like you know we might be able to change the taping schedule a bit um you know kind of hopeful that we'd get it sorted out mm -hmm. and do you know what my mentality was and i it was completely ludicrous and again like i don't begrudge lucha underground at all because lucha underground they they paid for his flight that i'd already paid out for so like i appreciated that Are they reimbursed they, though? yeah and okay. I, I really appreciate that much that they you know they went out their way to do that um and they were saying like oh could you postpone the match by 24 hours <laughs> Like, so move a show from the Sunday to the yeah, Monday. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like not really an option. The venue's booked, the talent's, you know, like Okada's flying back on the Monday. Like, yeah. you know, not really an option. But thanks for thinking of us. Mm -hmm. But like, um, but I just remember thinking like, it's all taped at the same place. It's, do you know what I mean? It looks exactly the same. Why not just film 
you know, doubles next week. Okay, I see. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So, like, um, um, but again, that was um, very ignorant of me to have that mindset. But you have to understand, like, at the time when you're just so, uh, uh, you're so entrenched in your vision, (laughs) you're, you're not thinking about other people. You're only thinking about yourself yeah. almost selfishly. Ultimately, they signed him to a contract. They're paying him a, f- a big salary. You know, They signed him to a contract to avoid situations like this where, you know, well, they, they have, want him, They have like free rate, like yeah. first dibs on him. They want him, they want him. So yeah. again, like I say, no issue with Luke Trundground at all. They were just exercising their right. But for me at the time, I'd advertised Ricochet versus Okada and to lose half of that match was devastating for me. Um, and I, I kind of obviously, in this situation, I managed to pull an ace out of the bag. And often, and again, I don't think we've spoken about all the, um, you know, all the examples, but um, but this time I'd pulled an ace out of the bag and I managed to get Austin Aries to replace of course. Ricochet. Yep. And at the time, Austin Aries was on quite the run. Um, he had, um, that's a, she's now in SmackDown, isn't she? Yeah, Selena she, Vega. She came over him, didn't she? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, so Austin Aries came, and uh, and he wound up wrestling Okada. Yes, and uh, that was a save, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. So Austin Aries was obviously in the tag match the night before then. Yeah, yeah so he just did a tag match, which and it didn't work out very well for the tag match because because no. uh, poor uh, Two Unlimited wound up just getting eaten up basically. But um, which yeah, I remember. Unf- yeah, I remember. It was that. kind of unfortunate. But in terms of a get, you know, getting a, val- a credible main event for the next day, and yes, people were disappointed they didn't get to see Ricochet versus Okada. I think that that was probably the only opportunity we we would ever have. Like, so who knows what's going to happen in the future? Right. But at least between now and the foreseeable future, we're not going to get an opportunity to see Ricochet versus Okada ever again. No, right. So like, right. that was our one opportunity, and it was taken away by Lucha Underground. Thanks, guys. Are they still going down, Lucha? Uh, I don't know. Like, they kind of. I think there's there's rumours going on that there's lawsuits from talent who are still locked into contracts who can't go anywhere oh, no. so like who, like, who knows because like, essentially the guys a lot of the guys got tied down for seven seasons Yeah. so I, don't, I honestly don't know they're where, up to that yeah, yeah. no five? they're up to maybe Four, five. five yeah okay. but like but the issue is like if, you, if you're taping seasons like you know one season six weeks off another season then it's going to go quickly but when you're like oh we might tape this year we might tape next year yeah, you know yeah, it can yeah. kind of put you in a bit of limbo especially at the moment with the uh, with the, the the world being the way it is for wrestling, independent yeah, but these wrestlers guys want to be free and available. In, in, don't in they? bidding wars between yeah. WWE, All WCW, Elite, yeah. Impact, Ring of Honor, ECW, yeah, um, you know, bring them all back. So, um, so yeah, so I, who knows? But um, so that happened with Ricochet, um, and uh, and then almost a year later, uh, maybe six, nine months later, maybe. Um, we were going to have another big match, which we probably will get to see now. Uh, I imagine um, it was advertised it was going to be Ricochet versus Shinsuke Nakamura oh, yes. for our Summer Sizzler event. Okay, and uh, I'm it, sure we'll definitely see that now. And uh, and everything's going, all the promotions going fine. I think the show sold out, um, but I believe the main event on that show had an AJ Styles match as well. It did, um, and like maybe AJ Styles versus. Marty. Oh, so he didn't wrestle with anyone apart from Marty and Will, did he? Did he? Oh, and Zach. Yeah, Zach. Um, Liger. Liger. Um, but I I want to say 
I can't remember who it would have been against. Will Ospreay, he wrestled Will Ospreay at high stakes. He wrestled a freeware uprising. So maybe it was when AJ won the belt, potentially. I don't know. But okay. either way, your main event, your, one of the most featured matches on the show was Shinsuke Nakamura versus King Ricochet. And um, and then the day, it, no, it definitely wasn't Will. It must have been Marty because Will was wrestling Matt Seidel on that show. Okay. And the reason I know this is because Ricochet called me up literally the two days before the show, two days before the show, in the morning, and he said to me, and I'll tell you what, it was on Haley's birthday as well. We were on a birthday, we were on like a walk around, uh, around something with Simba, mm-hmm. right? And uh, yeah, and he, he was like, I can't make the show. I'm like, what? He's like, I'm going to Dragon Gate. So he was going back to Dragon... Yeah, it was yeah, Dragon it was Gate. Dragon yeah. Gate. Yeah, it was. So, so he was going to Dragon Gate um, and he had not sent his passport with enough time. Like, so basically it wasn't, they were, so he was going to Dragon Gate. Um, so the tour start, so just say for argument's sake, the store tour starts in 10 days time. By the time he'd get back from uh, England, yeah, he wouldn't have enough time to send his passport off to come back. So he had to send his passport off, which meant he couldn't make the flight. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, so... That happened two days before the show, right? And I was like, oh, my God, like, this has happened again. Like, I can't believe it, you know? Like, this was the last time it was obviously Ricochet versus um, Ricochet versus Okada we were advertising. This time it's Ricochet versus Nakamura. This is becoming a bit of a running joke. How the hell am I going to sort this out? Um, and uh, ironically, so uh, there was two ports, of course. So the first one was to Carlo Riley, who uh, basically said... Divorce may well be on the cards if he were to take the book in, um, at which point I kind of offered to bring over his uh, his other half to the show as well. But then it logistically came became impossible to organise. But then, um, fortunately, I also reached out to Roderick Strong. And I remember this as well, because after this walk... So this is all on the same day. So this is in the morning, yeah. it got sorted, uh, sorted. And this is now in the afternoon, right? And I was at a barbecue at Haley's mum's house, texting back and forth with Roderick Strong. Oh, yeah. And... Uh, and we organised it, and then I had to go into um, Haley's mum's living room, and oh no, it was actually Haley's house at the time. So I went into Haley's house, actually use a rubbish laptop, and book a flight for Roderick <laughs> right, Strong right. to come to England. Yeah. Um, so on two days' notice, we were able to pull Roderick Strong out the bag, right? And uh, to make matters even fun, I don't know if it's funnier or worse, right? <laughs> the following morning. I get a call from Matt Seidel, who's scheduled to work Will Ospreay, two out of three falls. Right, built up, one win for Ospreay, one course, win yeah. for Seidel. We're going to settle it with a two out of three falls match, right? And Matt calls me up and he's like, listen, Andy, like, I'm so, so sorry. I've messed up so bad. Like, I got, like um, I've got this Dragon Gate tour and I've not sent my passport off with enough time. And I've so I've and I've sent my passport off. So I think he'd sent his passport off like a couple of days earlier. Okay. He's like, I've sent my passport off and it's not come back. And I don't think it's going to be back till next week because it takes like seven days or whatever. So he's like, I'm so sorry. I'm not going to be able to make your show. And I was like, oh my. And like he was due to be flying the next day, right? And I was like, oh my god, I don't believe this has happened. The exact same thing happened with Ricochet. Oh. Do you know what I mean? Like, what am I going to do? 
And like when Matt found out that the same thing had happened with Ricochet, um, he was like, oh man, I didn't realise, I don't want to put you through this. And like we go back a long way, myself and Matt, and he's like, I don't want to put you through this. And he's like, let me see if I can do anything about it. And then I got an email from Bill Barron saying, just so you know, Matt might miss the flight tomorrow, but we're working on a solution, like acting like nothing's wrong. But I mean, well, I've already spoken to, yeah. to Matt and I'm like stressing out, like I'm going to lose this match as well. And then long story short, Matt wound up, he, he called the, um, the, the, the people who deal with the visas who were holding his passport and uh, pleaded with them to let him, to send his passport back to him on a next day delivery service, right? He then booked from his own money, mm. he booked himself a flight for, uh, so say he was supposed to be flying out on Saturday, I can't remember the days, but say Friday morning for the Saturday show or Saturday morning for the Sunday show, right? So he booked himself, um, he booked himself an afternoon flight on the same day at a great expense to himself, right? Um, and he said, they've said, they've put me on a same day service and he was like, as long as I get the passport back, by say 1 p.m., like they can't guarantee when it's gonna come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, Christ. oh, in fact, it was a Sunday. I'm sure. Like so he was, it was just a Saturday. He was gonna fly Saturday morning because I remember being at a training school, like praying that his passport would come. He said, as long as it comes by 1 p.m., I can make it to the airport in time to catch this flight. Yeah, right. And um, and he did. The flight, he the passport it, came. Yeah. yeah, the passport came straight to the airport. He um, landed in the U- landed in the UK, um, driven straight to the venue, came, did the meet and greet, yeah. <laughs> did his match, and I swear that match with Will Ospreay, and, and I know like a lot of it is, is to me it's the most underrated match in Revolution Pro Wrestling history, but I think it may well be the best match in Revolution Pro Wrestling history, um, and the reason I say that is because of the story they told. I just thought it was impeccable from start to finish, absolutely impeccable storytelling, um, and. Knowing the backstory that went into it, the little sleep that Matt had in terms of, you know, he literally came from the plane to the venue yeah. um, and delivered that performance. Did you commentate that one? Uh, oh, it's still lolling. I don't remember. Okay. Um, yeah, I did. I did commentate. I thought you did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, yeah. And, uh, yeah, and it was just fantastic. And, but again, <laughs> so obviously there was a, uh, and it, but the, 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 I guess the main takeaway was a pull, uh, managing to get Roderick Strong to work. Nakamura was a big get because obviously they had worked together for Ring of Honor and they had a great match together at Ring of Honor. So, you know, getting that match again in the UK, it didn't really dampen. So people were upset that Ricochet wasn't there, but at the same time, they were still super excited to yeah, get to see. Everyone's um, yeah, um, and, and Roderick Strong was a great replacement. Um, again, last minute he came in, super easy to deal with. Couldn't ask for a nicer human being to me and Roderick made friends happen. again, and you did, yeah. You were able to reconnect after you nearly had a punch up at yeah. one PW nine years before. before. Something, yeah. But he remembered. He so did. He obviously yeah, yeah, he played did, on his yeah. mind as much as yours. Yeah, I think so, he uh, probably didn't play on his mind, but he remembered me, and he, he yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that so that was um, that was Ricochet there as well. Um, so um, two stories from Ricochet. Um, Good luck, and Ricochet. I, and I wish we could have more stories to tell about Ricochet, but he's uh, yeah, he's with the Fed now, isn't he? So yeah. Like I say, hopefully we get to see him. He's again. in WF. But uh, but yeah, yeah. One, of the, one of the most talented individuals. Like uh, Oh, and so, totally ever. deserves it. I can remember yeah. he... So I have a really nice picture from where I did a job match on Sunday Night Heat of me in the ring. It was actually um, Amy... 
can't remember her name now, but she was in. She was at Wembley. A it, photography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she took a picture of me on the ropes. And it's quite a cool picture. I, I think it might be on my Facebook. But he was like, he was like so like excited that I. He was like, "You've wrestled for WWE," and then like you see the. He was so excited that. Do you know what I mean? That I'd done that, but now look at it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, absolutely. It, it was kind of like, it's so great to see him now be, as a WWE his, superstar. Yeah, to live his dreams. You know, to live his a, dream, yeah. But, yeah. He's a, but he's so super charismatic. He's, you know, he could well be the person that, you know, they, they nail that flag to. And, uh, you know, he could be the person, I don't want to see say that saves a company, but he's certainly, you know, if you look at this week in terms of WWE, Essentially, hit in panic mode. Bring it, like I don't, you, you, I don't know how aware you are of this week's WWE because I know you pretend to be a fan and you're not. Um, but um, I saw Alistair Black has debuted. So Alistair Black, Tommaso Ciampa, jo- yeah. Johnny Gargano, Ricochet all debuted this week on Raw, yeah. but, and they all w- were all put over very strongly. But you could, and and you can see it was almost a reaction to dipping ratings. You know, want you know what can we do to make this product more exciting? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, bringing those guys in, obviously, I can't think of anything better to make it more exciting, give it that, you know, adrenaline burst. Just really. like a shot in the arm. Um, and I think that really, I think the reality was that they tried to do that, you know, when the McMahons did that promo. I think they tried to do that then, but um, they brought in the wrong guys. And I think they must have just been like, oh, what are we doing? Do you know what I mean? Look, yeah, let's yeah. just bring in the top guys. What we do, like, again, it seems almost senseless protecting the developmental brand. Because I guess that was probably that argument for, oh, you know, NXT needs these guys to but the reality is a developmental brand's not there to um it's not there to it's there to to aid the main roster right yeah. to to have guys match fit do you know like in the sense of if you've got a football team if you've got someone who's a star player on your reserve team and will bring a lot to the first team you don't keep them in the reserves you put them in the first team and you want to keep winning matches do you yeah, know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah, um and i think that you know and it doesn't matter how lucrative the the ticket sales for the reserve team may be or whatever have you. Do you know what I mean? It's about winning, it's about winning games. The A-team so winning, the A-team winning, yeah. yeah. So um, so I think that, well, I don't know their mindset behind it, but it's almost like a, that, that philosophy has changed a little bit by bringing in those guys. And who knows if they're going to continue to work in XT or if they're, they're up there now and that's it. But, they're um, on SmackDown, I think, last night. Yeah, but what I mean is like, are they, will they, Will they work NXT? Three. Will they work NXT and not the SmackDown Raw house shows? Do you know what I mean? Those yeah, as yeah, an yeah. example. Yeah. Or will they still work NXT TV and just be pulled from the road for those days? You know, because um, it's all possible. Mm-hmm. WWE owns them, yeah, so yeah. do yourself. what they want with them. Um, but anyway, that was very interesting. So I'm very ha- like, just like you, Andy. I'm very happy for for Ricochet and the success he's, uh, he's delivered. And and long may it continue. And long may people want to hunt out great Ricoch- Ricochet matches on RPWOnDemand.com. Um, <laughs> And last but not least, um, we're going to wrap up one hour, 37 minutes. Andy. Really? We are back to it. But we, we it's a bumper episode because of all the mm-hmm. stuff you've missed out on the last couple and of weeks. And our plugs. This is our, this is our sorry. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And another sorry is that free trial on rpw.com. All right. So if you've got any questions, make sure I've got one last one. One last what? I just said I've got one last one before we finish. Oh, I thought you'd finished. Okay. No, I literally don't listen to a word I say. Go on. The last one, a quick one. Okay. Global Wars this year. Yes. David Starr versus Kushida, cool. opening match. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, David Starr turns up at the airport, um, 
ready. Oh, so the, to make it, it, it so like we had to book David Starr a specific flight because he was wrestling in CCW for the CCW World Heavyweight Championship opening match in Philadelphia. So we could have flown him out of Philly or New York. Philly flights were cutting it way too fine if it was to make it. So we essentially need to get him a red eye. New York, there's a red eye flight, which he's caught many times before because anyone who's seen David Starr's schedule um, is just crazy, right? And he flights. He hates flying on that airline because it was a, essentially a budget airline, which aren't really fun for, you know, uh, overseas flights. Um, and um, Premiera Air, I believe it was called. And uh, but they had a red eye, which was perfect, direct flight straight into England, no problem. So he rushes from the show. He does his match. His bags are waiting in his gear. Gets changed in the car on his way to the show. Obviously, he's not driving. Gets changed in the car on the way to the show. Runs into the airport. Gets it. He's, in, he's on time. He's going to make it. Gets to the check-in desk, or what he thinks is a check-in desk. So, the uh, airline went out of business, like, on Tuesday. There are no flights. The flight's been cancelled. No and, one uh, told anyone. No one told anyone. Not even, not an email. No notifications. Like nothing. They had my contact. They had his contact. The flight was confirmed. We had the ticket. No information whatsoever. Lost the money on the flight. Lost David Starr wrestling Kashida. Um, and no apologies. No communication from anyone. The airline was done. The flight was done. No match. No no match on the show. Literally impossible to do anything about it at that stage. So that was a. That was the one time I couldn't pull anything out my ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, you did. Oh, we had Curtis, Curtis Chapman, Chapman versus. Yeah. We managed to upset some people. <laughs> yeah. He had a good but match. Yeah, it was a good look. match. Yeah, it was a good match. So, so yeah, so there you go. That's, that was my last one. Okay. Just because uh, I thought it would be, you know, a nice opportunity to tell of a time when the flight just didn't exist. Yeah. So, and, and that kind of reminded me of there's like um, an airline, is it BMI or something? One this week. Yeah, this week yeah. gone out of business and people are stranded in like, you know, Tenerife or whatever. Yeah. I can think of worse places to be stranded. That's true. Yeah. Just don't travel budget budget airlines. Well, you can't, you can't predict any airline you, these days. Well, maybe not. Brexit. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah, the yeah. economic slowdown, whatever. Who knows? Donald Trump building walls, right? Yeah. All this stuff has an effect, you know. I know. So. We're in chaos. Yeah. So there we go. That'll do ya. Wicked. So we're back next week. Back next week. Mailbag edition. Yeah. Send uh, tweets to at Boy Simmons, B-O-Y-S-I-M-M-O-N-Z. And it'll probably be more prudent to send them to at A Quilden at A-Q-U-I-L-D-A-N. Um, probably send them to me because I'm going to make a note of them. I, Q, I, I, know, uh, I tweet every day. But Yeah, but I'll make a note of the tweets which come. What will happen is next week I can guarantee you any questions that you're asked. So what I do is I copy and paste the questions into a notepad yeah. as people ask the questions. You are not going to do that in a million years. I can guarantee you. I don't know how the, same way, the same way you're not going to come to the referee training on Friday. Right, we'll put a picture so, up. Um, so I'll ask if I'm allowed. Okay. Um, so yeah. So tweet me with the questions at a quilden a q u i l d a n. We might try and revive the um the old Facebook page again. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but please like, rate, review us. We need ratings. We need reviews. Only positive ones, of course. Um, but it all really helps. We do this for free of charge every week. We just want to be popular, really, don't we? That's so it. um, so please uh. 
hook us up. Yeah, please. Uh, yeah, like, yeah, just to reiterate, the the reviews and stuff are particularly important, and we'd be very grateful. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks very much, everyone. Thank you for listening to another exciting episode of the A Squared Circle Wrestling Podcast, and we'll talk to you again next week. We promise. Bye. <laughs>